show we're talking all things hydrometers this is going to be part of an ongoing series for the next few weeks where we're going to talk a lot about hydrometers on homebrewing diy but today we have brewing america's kyle and angela hub and we're going to do a deep dive into how to properly use one and really what makes a good quality hydrometer this week on homebrewing diy Hey, homebrewers, I want to tell you about where you need to be buying your homebrew equipment, and that's Keg Factory. The reason you need to work with Keg Factory is because they kind of got everything, all the way from all-in-one homebrewing systems up to Blickman systems, ingredients, parts, all the things you're going to need to build out your brewery, and they're going to have the knowledge and advice to be able to do that for you and get you up and running as soon as possible with whatever project it is that you are working on with your brewery. Also, they have they have a really amazing loyalty program. They have Keg Cash. You just sign up, they give you 50 points right off for signing up with an account, and you get points for every dollar that you spend, and you can turn around and use that to advance your homebrewing even more. Also, if you're looking at a big project that's going to cost you a lot of money, you can do it in four easy payments interest-free. I mean, that alone should be worth it. So check out kegfactory.com, and that's kegfactory.com. And welcome back to Homebrewing DIY, the podcast that takes on the do-it-yourself aspect of homebrewing, gadgets, contraptions, and parts. This show covers it all. On this week's show, we're talking to Kyle and Angela Hove of Brewing America. And we're going to talk to them about high-quality hydrometers and really just how to properly use one. And that's actually going to be part of a hydrometer series that we're doing here on the show. This actually... Kyle and Angela are sponsors of the show, but this actually has really nothing to do with the sponsorship because this was actually the reason we started our conversation was we were going to plan on doing a show about hydrometers. And here is that show that was part of that plan. We're also going to have an article coming out from Chino where he's doing a super duper, 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 duper deep dive into hydrometers and different styles of hydrometers, how to properly use one. Such a deep dive that it actually is going to take two articles to get it through so that it's actually consumable and not having to feel like you're reading a small book or a short story. So that is, keep an eye out on homebrewingdiy.beer for that article that will be coming out next week. So pretty exciting there. But this is our first dive into the hydrometer conversation. But first, I'd like to thank all of our patrons over at Patreon. It's because of you that this show can come to you week after week. Head on over to patreon.com forward slash homebrewing DIY. 
First, I'd like to thank a couple of our newest patrons. We have Ishmael. So thank you very much, Ishmael. I need to send you your stickers out. I'll get them out actually today. And I'd also like to thank Dr. Pat. All the way from Europe, I don't actually have your address to be able to send you a set of stickers, but you can start using your ad-free RSS feed right away. So one thing to note that if you are a patron at any level, you're going to get access to our ad-free RSS feed, and that's pretty exciting. Also, we are going to be on Apple Podcasts under their subscription model as well. And uh, if you subscribe through there, one thing I found out is that you actually get lossless audio quality as part of the subscription on Apple. So right now you are listening to this feed, even if you're on Patreon, uh, just because of file size limitations. I can't do more than an MP3 there. Well, Apple, you know, being, I guess, Apple has decided that if you're on Apple Podcasts and you're a subscriber, you actually get your favorite podcasts in lossless audio. So if you're into that, you will see that. So very, very cool. Another way to support the show is by writing some review. So head on over to podchaser.com forward slash homebrewing DIY. And there you will be able to write us a review and let others find the show. Last way to support the show is by using our sponsor banners. If you head over to homebrewingdiy.beer, you'll see on the right side, if you're on a computer, at the bottom, if you're on your phone, ways that you can support the show. It'll let them know that we sent you. And also, if you're looking at buying equipment or anything from Keg Factory, just let them know that Homebrewing DIY sent you, as well as Brewing America. So those great sponsors and I would like to keep them supporting the show as well. So thank you for supporting our sponsors. Well, let's jump into this week's show where we're gonna talk about hydrometers with Kyle and Angela. I'd like to welcome Angela and Kyle Hovey. They're the proprietors of Brewing America. Hi, hi Angela and Kyle, welcome to Homebrewing DIY. Thanks, Hi, thanks for having us. Yep. Hey, I'm super excited to have you. And, you know, what we're going to talk about today is a, I think, a super basic piece of every home brewer equipment, which I think every home brewer should absolutely have, which is a hydrometer. And you guys make super high quality hydrometers here in the great US of A. And so, the reason I had you on the show is earlier this week, if, if you follow the show at all, we've done, we, we started a, a deep dive series where we're actually talking about the hydrometer here for the next couple of weeks. And part of that, we reached out to Angela and Kyle here to talk about proper usage of a hydrometer. We also asked them a ton of questions about just hydrometers in general and felt that this is a great time to have them on the show as well. I, I will point out that they are sponsors of homebrewing diy so I, I do want to throw that out there but this is not meant to be part of that sponsorship this is meant to be purely informational and i i, I want to talk about because you are homebrewers which is awesome right it's it's not like you're you're you came out of nowhere and we're like hey we're gonna make hydrometers let's figure out what homebrewing is you guys started as homebrewers so let's talk a Absolutely. bit about your homebrewing first and 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 then maybe how that turned into a hydrometer business Absolutely. That's how it started, really. I've been homebrewing for about 15 years, on and off. And um, candidly, it started one night, in the middle of the night, trying to finish my last brew, probably one or two in the morning, I think. And I broke an old hydrometer that I loved. 
And, uh, um, you know, candidly, I, I couldn't find anything to replace it. I was devastated. I mean, I had to pretty much finish that brew with no reading. And um, I brought the hydram, or I, I, I went to Amazon and I looked across Amazon because that, back then that was the, the thing to do because we're remote here. We're at least uh, two hours to the nearest homebrew shop. And, uh, you know, even if I went there, I probably wouldn't necessarily find exactly what I want was a, a specific gravity hydrometer. And um, so I went on Amazon, I bought everything off page one, and I basically received a lot of them and they came with color bands. And, you know, the color bands, and I don't have an example here, but the color bands, you know, I'm sure you've seen them out there out there right now they make it really hard for you to read it and i just i couldn't see it you know the average brewer is what age 42 it depends who you ask but that's what i'm i'm uh, at least what we know demographic wise uh, most of us have some type of visual uh, impairment where we have glasses for correction and as your eyes change as you get older you just can't i mean it's hard to see especially with the color band and then the the condensed scale so I thought, man, there's no way I can do this. And I was taking my cell phone, um, this is three years ago, taking my cell phone and taking a picture of where the line was, uh, where the meniscus was, and I'd, I'd get the, the reading with my cell phone and have to blow it up to get the reading. Um, and so then I basically realized that, that we're in trouble. You know, I can't do this. And so I went and I looked around the United States and, and online, Google searched, I couldn't find a hydrometer that's actually made in the United States with just a white paper scale, something large enough to where I can read it. And from some of the uh, the forums, it was on the forums, and, and we're all having the same problem. We just can't find one that we can read that's, that's big enough to read with the lettering and so forth, the numbers. And so my wife's like, you know what? We should sell them because no one's doing it. And she's in uh, at that point, Bruin America was born. I actually pumped in Bruin America into trademark and realized that nobody had it. And I'm like, you gotta be kidding me. So Bruin was born. <laughs> and uh, we created a business. And the first product we brought on was a, a Chinese made hydrometer because you basically can't get them here in the United States, uh, especially at the mass production level. And the first batch was garbage. We pretty much tossed a lot of them. The second batch, um, they got the colors wrong. They put color bands on it and it was awful. I'm like, we can't do this. So we brought on a fifth generation glass blower and he basically produces all of our hydrometers for us with our team. And um, we're using old school NIST certified, uh, NIST traceable hydrometers. So the, the, the NIST is National Institute of Standards and Technology. They set a standard out there for you to follow and it's basically not required. The government is basically the Department of Commerce that, that sets that up. And um, they established this standard. And if you go and you look online, no one else is NIST uh, traceable. I mean, it's just, they're just from China. We don't even know what they're calibrated at. You know, I mean, sometimes they say they're 70 degrees, sometimes they say 60, or sometimes they don't tell you. And so we realized there's a huge problem. Um, we brought on the NIST standard and we, we got a certified hydrometer and then we basically copy that certification to be NIST traceable. And that's how we produce a mass scale so that you can have them in your homebrew kit. Otherwise, it'd be much more expensive to have a certified hydrometer. So we don't put serial numbers on them, but we copy exact standards from the certified hydrometer and we mass produce them. 
mass producing in hundreds, thousands depends and they, they take weeks months several months sometimes to produce and um corona happened and i can probably lead right into that <laughs> so we we started producing them and everyone's at home all of a sudden they're producing beer and we had to really kick it in so this last year we worked our tails off and we introduced a alcohol hydrometer proof and trail and realized that you can make hand sanitizer with that so then oh my gosh we became this essential business you know so we're producing proof and trails like crazy pumping them out as fast as we can and it was it was a little bit nerve-wracking a little bit scary amazon shut down so then we decided we had to change our platform we had to fix our website and we're we're selling them over the phone mass quantity we're we're producing them for walmart now um walmart.com just got picked up for walmart and um we're doing everything we can to maintain the standard that we have and currently uh we're producing several different beer hydrometers like we have our triple scale we have our thermal hydrometer um and then we have our uh precision hydrometer and um we recently introduced a mash hydrometer, which is pretty cool because you can you can measure your mash at 155, so you can you can tell whether you're converting right away. Essentially, and I need to explain um, the process of how we check a hydrometer because that's another big pink elephant in the corner. You get a you get a Chinese hydrometer with you know really bad English instructions. How do you know it's accurate? No one's going to tell you how to check it, right? So. I, I put it out there. I'm like, well, this is how you check it. You go get distilled water at 60 degrees and it should, it should read one. If it's a proof and trail, it should read zero. And so we're able to kind of set the bar there, which leads to our, our motto essentially is we try to find a problem in the industry and fix it if we can. Yeah. And I, I want to, I want to say the thing about a hydrometer to me personally is that it's an essential tool of a home brewery and essentially we're, we're sitting down and, and you're saying this is how much alcohol's in your beer or your wine or your must or whatever it is you're making. Right. And in the end, if your measure is off, you're not even close, right? Oh, Hey, I got within 10 points. And even when I use things like a refractometer, I have, uh, I even use a digital hydrometer personally. I have a, a tilt hydrometer. But mm -hmm. I've always checked it with my manual hydrometer to say, mm -hmm. because in my mind, that was always the truth, right? And mm -hmm. what you're, and obviously what you're telling me is the truth is wrong the whole time because mm -hmm. the, the quality of what you get, you don't know. It's inconsistent, right? right. If you got a, a $3 hydrometer, you don't know if it's actually a real true scale. And mm -hmm. so when I say, hey... I know that this is the number because I checked it, my hydrometer, it still could be off by a few points. Right. Mm -hmm. And so for me, in my mind, this is why this is such an essential tool and why it's important to have a high quality tool that you're using as part of your home brewery, because yeah, does a one point matter? Probably not. But does having a scale that you can't even read or having a scale that has instructions that, you know, and we're going to get into some things, but for example, uh, when you're re some hydrometers are at the top of the meniscus, some are at the bottom, right? There, there's, there's so many little subtleties mm -hmm. and I'm sorry, 
we're talking five or six points if you're talking the top or the bottom of a meniscus, right? right. And so it, it can be huge variations if you're not doing it properly. And so this is why I think that having you on this show is so, so important. Because uh, first thing, let's talk about like how to properly, we'll talk about your hydrometers because I think that we should probably just say, Hey, you know, if you don't know that your hydrometer is a hundred percent tested and calibrated, right. Uh, we want to make sure that you, you got to start with a calibrated hydrometer. So why don't you walk us through the, the, the calibration process and, and to know, mm -hmm. even if they don't have one of your hydrometers, how is it calibrated and how do you know if it's a true scale? Yeah. So the NIST standard is uh, 60 degrees is what it's calibrated at. And everyone's calibrated at 60 degrees, three different, at three different readings. So, I mean, every, every one of our hydrometers. And so we have to be right on those three different points for every hydrometer. Essentially what you do, you make distilled water, you chill it to 60 degrees. And you can do this with a Chinese hydrometer and you'll see how much it's off. I mean, cause really you gotta know what what standard i mean usually the usually the chinese ones also have a, a temperature correction chart so you'll be able to at least see if it doesn't tell you 60 degrees it'll tell you uh, something similar to that you'll be able to know but basically you use distilled water at 60 degrees and every hydrometer for beer should read 1.0 and that's right at the right at the water line not the not the creep of the meniscus right at the water line it should read and which brings me to my other point we can talk about um which is our test jar we were the one of the first to provide this new design and since then it's been copied really well but um, we also provide our foam injected box and stuff but because we've had other challenges not just designing a hydrometer it's uh shipping it across the united states in various different forms whether it's usps ups fedex dhl and we've had some challenges with that so we've had to overcome those as well but um, anyway, I, I think, I think overall though, uh, what you want to do with the distilled water is you, um, chill it to 60 degrees in your test, test jar, whichever one you have, and very gently let it float in that solution. You don't want to drop it in. If you drop it in, it could break it. Um, but you basically let it float. And if you let the meniscus run up the hydrometer, it can affect the reading by a fraction, but very little. So a dry hydrometer on the top of the meniscus is very helpful because any any water you have above could affect the reading. So you just let it float, let it settle. Some people spin it, you don't necessarily have to spin it. The biggest thing is it needs to freely float. And then from there you can determine whether it's accurate or not. And even if it's a little bit off, so you have your Chinese hydrometer, a little bit off, you just record that's how much it's off. And then you'll know that's my scale. Okay, I'm always one point up or one point down. And that helped that at least helpful that way. Yeah, yeah, and then you can make the adjustment there, but at least it's calibrated, right? Right. And then and then from there, uh, let, let's talk about how you take a reading. So like for example, mm -hmm. a lot of people don't know that, you know, hydrometers are temperature sensitive. You shouldn't take a hydrometer reading of mashed wort or, you know, uh, or hot wort, right? And so let, let's talk about like, what is the proper temperature to take a reading for mm -hmm. actual chilled wort? And what, if you're, if you're doing, trying to get a, a, and obviously we know you have a product geared around heated wort, mm -hmm. but we can talk about that later. But I, I'd love to talk about just a standard 
three scale hydrometer. How, what, what is the proper process to take a reading? Okay, so um, for, for beer, we'll just use that example. Now we can talk about the mash first, because, um, but I should also intro that we actually make these at almost 300 degrees, okay? So I mean, they are already exposed to extreme high temperatures when we make them. And they're all made with uh, food grade quality ingredients. So if the tip of the hydrometer breaks off into your wart, say, because there are some folks that still throw it in the bucket, right? And, um, or the kettle, it's not gonna, if it breaks off, it's not gonna destroy your complete brew. I mean, there is some wax material in there, but it's not gonna, not gonna kill you, right? There's no toxic ingredients in anything that we have. But the proper way for like, for instance, if you're mashing, um, average what 150 155 it really depends on what you're looking for um, we calibrate the mash hydrometer it's basically a triple scale that's been calibrated at 155. you can get a reading by using a wine thief into a test jar a brosilicate test jar um, fill it up at the 155 degree temperature and you just slowly float it again just as i described when you're when you're testing it's the same method you just let it float and if there's debris sticking to it you can spin it a little bit but it's not necessary all the time i mean you basically should be able to get a, a pretty good reading just by letting it float and looking at your water line or your your wart level okay and and if you're if you're uh say you're cooling it down and you're you're down what most people get to what 80 degrees i think and then unless they have a chiller that that's very effective to bring it down to 60. So you, if you don't have the chiller, you can stick it in the fridge for a little bit because there's basically there's no alcohol in it, it's just sugar, right? So you stick your, your, test, your uh, hydrometer test jar in your fridge, let it shield, chill to about 60 degrees. I usually use an um, electric thermometer or electronic thermometer, and I try to get it close to that reading. And then from there, it's the same process, just basically um, placing it down in, letting it float, and releasing it. So you at least get your, your starting gravity reading right there. Yeah, and, and then, you know, you want to look directly at the line. You don't want to look right. at an angle above or below, right? right? Um, because that, that could also throw you just a, a small off on the reading. Right. Let, let's talk a bit about, like, I, I personally don't know a ton about distilling. I've, I've never actually personally distilled. And so what's the difference between like, uh, cause I know that the number one mistake people make is they'll go to buy a hydrometer and they'll end up buying a proof and trial one and they, right. they, they're trying to use it to fake beer. And so how, what, how does a proof and trial work differently? Obviously I think it's just scale, but how does it work differently than, than a, mm -hmm. a standard beer hydrometer? Well, for beer, you need two readings, right? You have your starting gravity and your final gravity. You minus the difference between the two, and then you times it by 131. That gives you your ABV, alcohol by volume. Now, with the with the proof and trail, you get it right off your still. You still have a temperature variance there, so you'll have to still get your temperature adjustments. Uh, there, you again use your your uh, borosilicate glass test jar. You fill it up with your um, new distilled spirits and you get your instant reading, instant gratification, like bam, there it is, right? And then you take your temperature adjustment chart and you either add or, or minus the differences, get your reading. And you would want to use, I mean, most people use the proof and the proof scale, which in our hydrometer is the red writing. But um, in Europe, you, some folks use the trail, which is percentage, which is the black 
uh, lettering. So. So basically, it's a dual scale versus a triple scale like we do with a homebrewing, right? That is correct, yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And what are the three scales on, on a homebrewing hydrometer? That's well, also yeah, a great spe- question to ask. Most people, right. Yeah, most people use specific gravity scale. Um, that's pretty much one I use a lot. But then you got some folks that use bricks. Now, bricks and is, uh, let me, uh, it's, it says on here percentage sugar by weight. That's basically bricks. And that's zero to 35. And so um, a lot of your winemakers use bricks. And then this potential alcohol is another scale, zero to 22. But, you know, it's probably not necessary, but we do it because it's a tradition more than anything. So a lot of folks want to get a, a, get a, a ballpark with that. I would challenge that depending on the type of beer you're brewing or wine, but I think it'll give, at least give you a ballpark. But the bricks and the specific gravity are pretty much the two scales used most. Yeah, which is funny because uh, I I never used the potential alcohol. I'm always like, I don't even know what that is. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, right. But it makes sense. It's just, hey, this is a ballpark of where it could land, right? Um, yeah, obviously, yeah. there's other factors like, hey, what yeast are you going to use? What's the attenuation, right? Those are the kind of things that end up you know, playing factors into what your final gravity ends up being, right? Fermentation right. chamber uh, temperature. What's the, uh, you know, do, did you have good yeast help? There's so many variables there that, mm-hmm. you, yeah, you never know. What would you say? Let's talk about the process that you guys go through to to make your hydrometers, because mm-hmm. obviously, it, it, the, these are made in America. You you mm-hmm. you said it already. Hey, we've got a glass blower. But what does that process actually look like? You're you're making them in a manufacturing setting. You are making them at scale. So mm-hmm. what 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 does that look like? If obviously, if you have something that's uh, you know patented, you don't need to get into it. But you know, good overview. Let me just say that there is a video that we produced that is on our um, Facebook page and our website, and it is a cool visual. Um, You know, watching glass blowers blow glass is really kind of a cool process. So um, I suggest everyone check out the video, but Kyle, I'll let you explain kind of the process. I think it's on Facebook. You know, we intro to two minute or 30 seconds. I don't even remember what it was, how much time, but it's just a quick blast on what we're doing. Um, Essentially... Mm -hmm. So essentially, we order in uh, from American-made uh, glass the, the different two different size barrels. Okay, you can make a hydrometer many different sizes. I mean, you can have a gigantic hydrometer if you want to, right? But we're trying to make it for the home brewer. So we designed one, basically that uh, that base has the right circumference to fit into our test jar. Okay, and the different scales, the different weights, all are relevant, and it's it's a serious math problem to figure this stuff out. I mean, candidly, we have to get the, the weight exactly right to the scale. But basically what we'll do is we'll cut them down to the size in which we've designed this particular hydrometer for, like the triple scale, for instance. Um, this glass is made in the US and we cut it down. And then what we do is we spin one side and we heat it up and close it. That's part of the glass blowing part. And it's amazing to watch. It's painful that my guys are making thousands of them. I mean, it's, they're doing every one of these by hand. And then what they'll do is they'll join the two. We'll add uh, weight into the bottom. We have a, uh, a patented, uh, uh, more industry secret way of putting our weights in. So <laughs> we use a food grade material in there. Um, and then what we do is we close the ends after setting the scale. The scale requires a special glue. 
it's handset. It's it's checked three different times in a, a, a pre-designated solution at a, at 60 degrees Fahrenheit, um, and then from there we package them and we we send them out. And and part of the packaging is part of this conversation as well. So um, because we had so much breakage initially, we had to come up with some ways to package them. So we developed this box. And I don't know about you guys, but I break more hydrometers in the bottom of my tub for brewing or my, my stores of equipment that I have actually used it, okay? That's usually where they break. It's not necessarily, you know, well, except for the one on the kitchen counter, which was in the sink and that was upsetting. But, you know, the thing is though, we have to package them. We designed this box the where you can keep, it's foam injected. It contains your brush, your, your test jar, your instructions, your hydrometer. You can put two hydrometers in there if you want, you know? Because a lot of people like me, I like the precision and I like the triple scale and I have different purposes for both of them. The precision I use for beer and the triple scale I use for my wine. And I gotta have both, you know, when we're brewing. So but oh, I can't hear you. I'm muted. Oh I'll, I I muted. That was me. I, I don't I don't I didn't want to have me breathing in the background. Sorry. <laughs> I'll edit that out. But but one thing I did notice right away when I got my uh, Brewing America hydrometer was the packaging and how well it is packaged and yes i agree it's something where the way that the box is designed you can just keep it closed it's magnetic and you can just kind of throw it in your brew box right or your mm -hmm. or your like equipment kit right i have a i actually have like a storage bin that all of my it's actually got my water kit and my hydrometer it's it's like it, it's it's my water kit my pH meter and my hydrometer are all in this like little kit that I've built, right? And I think mm -hmm. that a lot of homebrewers are in a similar situation. At mm -hmm. least it, from what I know, mo most homebrewers are like, hey, I have all this, this stuff and my significant other is hide all this stuff, right? And yeah. so, <laughs> and, and it, I will say exactly when I've broken a hydrometer, it's been in the bottom of my box. It's not because mm -hmm. I had too many beers and dropped them, though I'm sure plenty of them break that way. Uh, it, but one thing I will say is that your hydrometers are not overly expensive. One of the things I, I look at from that is, yeah, they are, if you look at them in comparison to a $5 Chinese hydrometer, yes, they are more money than that. But when you think of this is made in America, this is a handcrafted tool, it comes in a really nice box, like you, you listen to all of the, the advantages of, of what you guys have put together, you assume they're going to be like this $100 testing a piece of equipment right and they're not uh we're, we're talking like you know uh 30 bucks right and so for me it's something where i i feel like if you're looking at least personally for me i'm i'm the type of person that you want to have the right tool for the right job i don't skimp on things for my home brewery and and because it's also set in a way to where you're less likely to break it, this is something that's easy to make an investment in. And so uh, that is something that I've, I really, really like about your hydrometers. Uh, let, let's talk a bit about, uh, I, I'd love to talk about just a couple of other aspects of Brewing America, just because you guys don't just do hydrometers, though I think mm -hmm. that's where you started. You're, you, you've kind of branched into some other things and, Mm -hmm. And specifically like, you know, uh, cold brew coffee and stuff like that. And mm -hmm. that's kind of taken off for you. And so I'd love to talk about how, like, you started with hydrometers and how that kind of turned into, like, some other brewing-related products. So uh, how, how did you end up in coffee? 
Well, yeah, that's a great question. I I love beer. Everyone will tell you I love absolutely love my beer, uh, but I love coffee and I need both every day. Right, so I basically. Um, had a problem with some of the the coffee I was drinking. Like when we go and we go to um, the cafe, you, you get office coffee, right? It's usually pretty acidic and it hurts your belly. And so I, I figured out that you can actually um, use a different method, you know, and basically not heat it up and you don't get the oils and the, the acidity. And so we thought, well, gosh, that'd be a great product, you know? So we started doing some research on it. We realized that a lot of brewers also drink coffee and our distillers, which we love our distillers, uh, they love mason jars. They absolutely love them. So why not figure out how we can combine those things and make something awesome? And so what we did is that we we brought on a designer uh, that, that also works for a major manufacturer. He helped us design a Brew in America lid and we wanted it to be made in the US. And so we've done that, we've accomplished that. Um, and we brought on a stainless steel filter 160 micron and we put them all together where we have a cold brew coffee system that's awesome but you can also use that for infusion whether you're doing alcohol infusion uh, fruit water infusion you're going to make i don't know um apple pie whatever you know in your moonshine you, you could do that and so we did that and we also put together some we had to, i had to test every recipe we put in there so it was really important that we got that right <laughs> and, <laughs> So we went ahead and uh, uh, we we just tried it and tested it and and now we're at that point where we're mass producing them as well. But our lids, uh, we make them about an hour and a half from here, from from Cove, Oregon. So and that's where we're in that, the northeast corner. And that's awesome. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's awesome. And the and 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 the cool thing is is like yeah, they're interchangeable with white wide mouth. Mm-hmm mason jars right the the, mm-hmm. the equipment to to use these little tools that you've made is very inexpensive and right. i'm a huge fan of cold brew coffee have been for years yeah. and and the way i'd always done it was i would actually i will tell you i was a geek once and i actually mm-hmm. shipped from china a gigantic tower where it does the single two-day drip into your coffee like the <laughs> japanese style yeah. me and a buddy at work actually set it up in the office this was back in office times and uh it was quite the project and uh and and i no longer have that job and he when and when i left that company he was like hey do you want this coffee maker i was like uh no that thing was way too much work this, this is not that kind of thing this is very very yeah. simple and easy to use and it's it, it makes killer coffee i i've, I've made coffee yeah. with uh, mine and and I love cold brew coffee. I have the same issue where I love coffee as much as I love beer. And my it, it is so it destroys my stomach. And I mm-hmm. drink a cup every morning just because I do. But if I want coffee other than the one cup I get every morning, I have to drink cold brew because otherwise I have the same problem. And so yeah, it's yeah. it's good stuff. Yeah, you know, and another another so I, I guess I should say that our focus has always been trying to solve a problem, right? And we see problems in front of us. Now, how can we that and manufacture something to improve someone's quality of life some way or another? And for, for brewers, um, and, and we don't have exact manly colors yet of our, our uh, uh, dissolvable labels, but uh, they're in teal with the, the manly colors are coming. It's just, you got to get it out there. So we had to use the number one seller teal, right? But 
I could still be manly. It's yeah, kind of a light be manly, blue. I suppose. <laughs> I don't know. But anyway, so we, you know, I, I didn't even notice. They look yeah. fine. <laughs> yeah. So we, you know, I was I was bottling initially for for ten years. I bottled until I finally learned how to keg. You know, and that was the, the life changer moment. You know, the aha moment. But I would label, and still I, I do, I wanted to label what was in the bottle. And I would have to clean all these dang bottles off. And the, the residue from the stickers would be there for a long time. And you have to soak your bottles. And, you know, it just it was such a process that I didn't like, which made me not want to brew. And that's probably why I took breaks in between, because of all the cleanup that everyone else talks about. But we made this label. It's made in the U.S. as well, but basically washes off in 30 seconds underwater. I mean, it's just ridiculously cool. And so we're going to bring that on as well in different sizes, different colors, but you can use it for anything. But particularly, my heart was for the brewers on this, okay? Because I, I really hate labeling a bottle and having to, to figure out how to get that dang sticker off it. So Yeah, yeah. And and I've seen every hack out there for it, you know, paint milk on the back of it, you know, glue yeah. sticks. And, and, and those just immediately fall off. And, uh, right. and, and, and the dissolvable labels are a great idea like i love the idea that it's just like hey run it underwater and it just disappears right that's super cool <laughs> yeah it's, it's a crazy it's a crazy easy product that we made it's a it actually is one of our better seller items i mean it's, it's just to me angela gets after me when i say that dumb products right it's the dumb products that win that do very well that solve so many problems for people you know it's like it's like our brasilicate test jar i added two inches to the length why? Because I wanted 12 inches, right? I mean, it just works better that way. And you use way less beer, way less wort to, to get your measurement. And so um, it's just solving that problem. And of course, the beer glasses are just for fun. I mean, I don't know if you can figure that out yet, but the beer glasses are the best thing I've ever had. So They're still better than other beer glasses because they have the nucleation. I love them. And I, you know what? I've, I've tried different designs, you know, and those. So the, the glass itself is made in, in Germany. And we bring that over, and then we have it uh, processed here, and we nucleate it here, and everything. But it is the quality is just incredible. But the the mouth feel, the the way you you can you can smell the beer it makes it so much better. Yeah, and and just let's let's talk about the beer glass a bit because it's it's a muffin top glass, right? And so yeah. it's it's got the it's a think of it as like it's a taller beer glass, but it's got a wide mouth on it, and mm -hmm. so you you get the like. The idea is that, hey, I'm drinking a beer. I'm getting a lot of aroma, which is right. part of the experience of having a beer, right? Mm -hmm. Big head, lots of aroma. It's one of those things that if you're a beer judge, they're always like, hey, pour it in a glass and pour it in a glass with actual air that you can, like, you know, get get all of the senses right. in there. And this beer solves that problem. I love the nucleation. Uh, I've been mm -hmm. showing all my friends. I'm like, hey, check yeah. out this glass. It's, it's all nucleated. So it's like, you, you know, which makes it so that appealing to the eyes you're 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 you've got a constant stream of bubbles coming from the bottom of the glass yeah. i know it's only for show but it does make your beer look amazing and it has that like just continual carbonation really high quality champagne glasses have done that for hundreds of years where they've nucleated them so that you always have that stream of bubbles coming from the bottom of a glass of champagne and that's the same idea you're doing here with these glasses they're 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 great so yeah they're not a, they're not like a, a big item that we sell really well but it's it's something that we love so i mean it just makes me happy 
And I mean, we've 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 thought about the business decision like, oh, this isn't moving very fast. No, we're not going to cut the beer glasses. They're going to be there forever. <laughs> so that's awesome. Well, uh, hey. I want to thank you guys for coming on Homebrewing DIY, and I want to thank you for your continuing support of the show as well. But I, I've this was a, a wonderful conversation, and I, I have to say, a couple of things is is a follow up. I am gonna I'm gonna link to the video that you talked about on your Facebook page. I'll, we'll link to that in the in the show notes so that hey, if you want to see how these hydrometers are made, go go look at the show notes. We'll get a link right to it so you guys can check it out. Also, we we do I will put links to Brewing America in the show notes as well. So if you want to go check out their website, check out the stuff that they're doing, and 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 have a look at their hydrometers and, and really check out the difference there because they are it it, it really. The first thing I noticed is when I grabbed one of these, I was like, wow, this is very different. It feels different. The quality just feels different. It's hard to explain, but they are high quality. And and it's something where, you know, the right tool for the job, and this is that, right? Yes, I, I can I can I always put it this way. Yes, I can go to Harbor Freight and I can buy a drill for five bucks, yeah. right? right? But it's going to break after I drill two things and it's mm -hmm. not going to be the high quality. And, and, you know, is it like, you know, I want to buy, the, I want to buy a tool one time and this is that kind of thing. Uh, I think that it's, it's something where spend a few extra bucks and it's not even that expensive. Spend a few extra bucks, get the right tool for the job and, and, and get out there and make beer guys like that. That's mm -hmm. the point here. So, uh, I want to, I want to thank you for coming on, on homebrewing DIY. And, uh, obviously if anybody has any questions about any of this stuff or you have any questions about, uh, you know, cold brew coffee or any of those things, please reach out to Angela and Kyle. They're, they're super nice. They're going to answer any questions. Just head to their website and they're, they're going to be able to help you. Okay. Absolutely. Well, thanks for having Great. us. Colton. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. Awesome. And, and thank you can reach us, uh, contact us at brewingamerica.com. We have three different ways to, to contact us and we actually answer the phone. thank Angela and Kyle for taking the time to come on the show and talk to us about hydrometers. It's always, I love talking about brewing equipment. It's a good time. Well, you can follow us on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. And that's all one word at homebrewing DIY. And for feedback, we're just going to do it as a show as it piles up. Once I get enough, we'll just do feedback. So that's how it's going to be. Well, that's it for this week. We'll talk to you next week on homebrewing DIY. <laughs>